This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. human history where uh, Europe landed a uh, probe on a comet. <laughs> I mean, remember when that was NASA? Remember when America used to do that? Do you, do well, you no, remember? it's never been done before, so no. I do not remember when NASA did that. Do you remember when we, when we explored the final frontier? No. Where we sought out new life and new civilizations. Where we boldly went where no one had gone before. I don't remember that. Remember those days? Mm. Remember when we found that body rock? That big, that big hunk of, uh, I don't know, I guess it was lava? It, it was just a burning that. hot rock. And, and there was a captain, there was a space captain. Kirk, you remember this, right? You remember this. Uh, go ahead, Jeffy. I think you need to, because you, you're yeah. you know, it was right really smart to wait for good. this camera to be on to walk across. To... <laughs> it was. But there was a... Uh, there was a hot rock, and Kirk was there. Yes. And then, and then you had the, uh, you had the guy Abraham Lincoln was there somehow. What? He, he was there. And then you had the, you had the like president? a Romulan and a Klingon. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the the hot lava rock brought him back. Okay. And uh, now I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so they're on that distant planet because we used to explore. And uh, Kirk went up to the lava rock because it was doing stuff he didn't like, and he touched it, and it burned his hand, and he was. Ah! We have footage of this. You didn't even see the footage? No. And the lava rock says to him, Kirk, do you find my body heat distressing? And he did, because it was like super hot. It was like a lava rock. And so, yeah, lava, hot lava I, is, is distressing I don't to most bodies. I think that... I brought you here to pit good against evil. Remember that? No. We, we have the footage. It's NASA footage that uh, it's been out there for a long time. We, I think it was like '67 or something. I don't remember any yeah. hmm. of that. Okay. Any of that? Yeah. But we used to explore at mm-hmm. one point. Used to? No, we don't anymore. We don't. We lost that exploration uh, thing in us. I will say it is one thing. that is amazing is that I am, and I don't think America is in, like engaged in that, like. I don't think the people of the world are like, wow, we landed on a comet. It's like, oh, we landed on a comet. I see, I, and we should. Oh, we should. We, we should you're be. right. Like, I, wow, think of that how is impo- cool. How impossible has to, to try to figure that out? It's astronomical. It's got to be. Yeah, it's astronomical. It's got to be almost impossible, and yet you know it's been done, and it's amazing. But yeah. really, it's like uh, people like comet scroll, scroll, scroll. Ooh, Kardashians. And that's really how. Sadly. Sadly, that's that's true. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something. I find that distressing, Stove. I don't find your body heat distressing because, frankly, I don't touch your body. (laughs) Thank you for that, by the way. But I find the rest of what you said distressing. Wish I could say the same for Jeffy, who continually uh, yes, we just find offers back. We find Jeffy's body 
distressing. <laughs> uh, another thing I find distress distressing is uh, Jonathan Gruber. Um, I, now we have how many clips from him? Uh, 84. 84. 84 clips of him calling Americans stupid. Let's just roll through them. Here's one. Uh, play any of them. Go ahead. Here's Gruber calling you dumb. What we say is if your insurance is above a certain level, a very high level, then we tax the extra above that. When taxes, we just treat it like wages. No longer the tax break. Thought it was pretty good, but it could not get through politically. And it died. What if we instead just levied a 40% tax on the insurance companies that sell these terrible, expensive Cadillac plans? Mm -hmm. We said, well, that's pretty much the same thing. Well, why does it matter? Said, You'll see. And they were both in that past. Because America is too stupid to understand the difference. <laughs> 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 you called that stupid! <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Why aren't you laughing? Play the reaction to the to the crowd again, because that's great. Mm. They, they appreciate that. They because they're all smarter. They all they're think they're yeah, smarter. They're, they're the smart ones. Mm -hmm. But America in general is stupid, and they appreciate a person who will recognize that. That's great. This is great. Let's see it again. Same thing. Why does it matter? You'll see. And they're both in that past. Because America is too stupid to understand the difference. <laughs> 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 he called us stupid again. <laughs> oh, it's like a laugh track from, uh, you know, uh, from America's Funniest Home Videos or something. I uh, that I, I'll never understand people in audiences like this. Who just who love that stuff? They eat it up. Yeah, uh, and uh, you're right. Who are these people? I have, I have. Well, they're people who think they're smarter than everyone else, yeah. right? Um, which you know, yeah. look, maybe they are. I mean, some of these people. Uh, are, no, they're not. I, I don't know. Maybe they're not. I will say this though. This guy was not smart enough not to say these things. No, he's. An, I mean, like, yeah, he's he's stupid. He should not be saying this. It, it, it's funny because it violates the exact rule he's espousing, which yeah. is you don't tell the truth. Right. Unfortunately, he told the truth. But to be honest, he's completely right. His point is totally accurate. Let me give you an example of it. Uh, should, should we um, tax people? Are you, are you making your fair share too much? Are you taxed your fair share too much or too little? Okay. Uh, middle income people, 42% ah, are uh, paying their fair share, 49% too much. Only 7% are paying too little is what they think uh, you know, the situation is. Corporations? Now, corporations are paying the highest income taxes in the world, basically. 66%. Not, not basically. Flat out, there is, is it the now, highest corporate tax rate it was second in the world. It was yeah. second to Japan. Mm -hmm. We're now higher than Japan. 66% of people think corporations are paying too little. They will accept a, high, a tax increase on corporations because they, they don't know enough about economics. What was the percentage again? 66%. They, don't, they know they can get away with a tax on corporations because even though it will be applied to them down the road, they have fallen for the idea that evil corporations are bad mm -hmm. and therefore you can do whatever you want to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, he's right. Look, we can, be, we can all sit here and be critical of him. But he, and he's, a, he's obviously an ass and obviously a guy who is out there intentionally trying to lie to people, which makes him a bad person. But that does not make him wrong. Yeah. It I... makes his point accurate. <laughs> Wait, why did you laugh? <laughs>
<laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> I didn't even say anything that time. The American people are stupid. <laughs> there you go. That no, was the way that it was intended, yeah. I think, wasn't it? Uh, let's watch this third one, because this guy, the one you just watched, was from October 2013. This one is from November 2012 at the University of Rhode Island. He's uh, talking about the, ta the uh, Cadillac tax again. Watch this. This is amazing stuff. We just tax the insurance companies. They pass it on higher prices. That offsets the tax break we get. It ends up being the same thing. It's a very clever, you know, basically exploitation of the, of, the, of the lack of economic understanding of the American voter. Good mm -hmm. gosh. So in this one, he says the lack uh, or the uh, exploitation. exploitation of the lack of economic... Uh, understanding. understanding of the American voter. And, and what tells you a lot about this guy's character is he is articulating this as a positive. Here's a great way to do things. Lie to people and therefore you'll get it done. But again, his point is when you lie to them, when you tell them these things, this is not something that was difficult to figure out. Did we figure this out? Yep. Yeah. Are we, we extra yes, we MIT smart? No. no. Well, We're I, idiots. I okay. We figured that out. Why did is stupid. <laughs> right. So, but uh, <laughs> Stu, what I said was, Stu is stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's just show the other Gruber clip. Uh, here right. he is now talking on WGBH in Boston, accusing the GOP of trying to confuse people. Oh, there must be people who wouldn't have any kind of health care were it not for this. I think that this comes to a master strategy of the Republican Party, which is to confuse people enough about the law so they don't understand that the subsidies they're getting are because of the law. It goes back to the old Jimmy Kimmel bit where he asked people if they liked Obamacare and they said no, and he asked people if they liked the Affordable Care Act and they yeah, said right. yes. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't go back to not that. A, not a funny line. Uh, this guy's a real pinhead. And, and of course, this is his wow. entire strategy as he's articulated multiple times. Yeah. And then to go on there and, act, and accuse the other side of doing it, like, I, you know, I, I'm sure there are examples of the Republicans doing something similar. I don't know that I've ever seen a Republican come out and be this, you know, brazen about it. This guy multiple times, over and over and over again. And here is something I would like uh, to put together. Can we put this together for tomorrow? Because they always use this excuse, as you pointed out, I think, yesterday, Pat. Oh, it's just academic. It was academic setting. Mm -hmm. It's just an academic mm -hmm. setting. That's fine. And what we said was, that's where you would be more careful about what you say. You're, you... You, you, want, you don't want to be an idiot, so you think it out as much as possible. You don't just blurt things out off the top of your head. You've thought these things out in full. And what I, what I, I would love to find is all the times that in academic settings they've told the truth. Gruber has done it at least three times on health care. Krugman has done it with, um, with the uh, death panels. Mm -hmm. Remember? He's like, oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, I'll get in trouble for saying this. But there are multiple. I mean, I know Sunstein has done it. I'm trying to think if he's done it on tape. I know he's done it in print. Um, uh, Holdren has done it in print. Um, but these guys do this all the time. Whenever they get in the academic setting, they have this, uh, this tendency to mistakenly tell the truth. Wasn't it, wasn't it Sunstein that said something about the American people being basically like Homer Simpson? Uh, what was I that it in was. relation to? We're going to have to find out. I'm gonna, I, I, got it. I know I have it in the machine still. Um, we'll have to play that for you. But uh, let's play what, I mean, this thing is bad. And there are some who are honest enough, even on the other side, 
to admit that. We're, I, I'm going to uh, go over to the machine here in a second and play what M Mika Brzezinski had to say uh, yesterday on MSNBC. Pretty amazing. And here's what uh, um, Howard Dean had to say on that same show. Oh, yeah, there's things I wish I could change, but I'd rather have this law than not. I don't think you say that, right? That might be a problem. The problem is not that he said it. The yeah. problem is that he thinks it. Right. That the core. I'm serious. It's the core the problem like of the law that was put together by a bunch of elitists who don't really fundamentally understand the American people. That's what the problem is. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I don't know that I agree with that. I, I, I do. The problem is that they. That it's true. That's the problem. Yeah. The problem is that the American people continually fall for this nonsense, even though people like Gruber are saying they're doing it. I, I like his point, though. It, it, I, I'm glad he said it because at least it's honest. The problem is thinking that and believing yeah. that about the people. Here's what uh, Mika Brzezinski pointed out yesterday. This Obamacare story, which I saw yesterday, and... I'm surprised it didn't emerge, but it's an interesting dynamic. This broke yesterday. We kind of, you know, we're trying to get to it. Nobody covered it except for some right-wing. But had this been, had this been a Republican, what do you think would have happened? I do think had it been a Republican, mm -hmm. see, I, the media I think would be I think there's a big. Yeah, it would have been exploding. She so she admits it. If it would have been a Republican, the media would be exploding on it. And they would. And they would. I, you know, it's, it's amazing that some are honest enough to point out what's going on here. Yeah. I, and, I, you know, I wish we lived in a society in which this stuff wouldn't work. I do, too. In which, you know, again, like this is a dream among a dream. But, I mean, it's obviously possible. People who listen to this show, people who listen to Russian Hannity and Levin, I'm sure, uh, people who read, you know, uh, Reason magazine. There are a lot of people who did know this stuff was going on. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you communicate to people when it's going on uh, that they're about to be had. But Well, we did. Uh, we, uh, we tried, we did. but it, uh, not successfully, right? No, it didn't we, work. It worked for some it, people, it but not enough people. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's difficult because only afterwards, when you have them on tape saying it, does anyone believe it? And it's interesting because they were saying the same thing we were saying at the time we were saying it. Ezra Klein back in 2009, I've got this over there too, but I'm not going to go back there again, was saying how walking. winning, yeah, too much walking, I'm already winded. Too, uh, <laughs> he was saying how winning this issue is more important than actually telling people the truth. Yeah. It, it's time to win, he said, and that's the first thing. And then he also said, yes, I would like to sign in every insurance company out of existence. He, he would like to do that. And yes, they, meaning the people who are, who are writing this bill and who are pushing it forward, the Democrats, have a sneaky strategy to start with this and then move into a single-payer system. Mm -hmm. We told. Oh, that was the other one. Told the American people that the Trojan every horse. step of the way for that same montage, the Trojan horse. Trojan clip, horse. Where they're saying, like, look, people say it's a Trojan horse. Uh, it's not a Trojan horse. It's just right there. <laughs> I mean, these guys do this over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Ezra Klein is another great example of it. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I don't like when they are out there saying it, and you still won't believe it. When they the other one, the same exact thing um, was, uh, if you like your doctor, you can keep it. They knew that wasn't true. We have example after example of people saying, well, you know, we knew that wasn't true, but, you know, we had to go along with it because we thought we could get the law passed. It's, a, it's the ends justify the means. And how that, it, at some, there's a huge problem with them doing it. 
there is a bigger problem with us falling for it. You know, if if mm-hmm. uh, you know if uh, someone is selling snake oil uh, and and they're saying it's going to you know uh, you know cure cancer and make you lose 500 pounds, uh, and you know obviously they don't only apply to Jeffy because you know there's a certain amount of weight that would still anyway. Uh, the point is, like at some point, it becomes your issue for not figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I don't know. I mean, I yeah. Can we watch that one more time? Can we watch the um uh, the Gruber video one more time? The third, as we have a title here, third Gruber video, um, which we've already played the first one in previous shows, and we've, we played the second one in this show. Now let's watch the third one one more time. There must be people who wouldn't have any kind of health care were it not for this. I think that this comes to a master strategy of the Republican Party, which is to confuse people enough about the law so they don't understand that the subsidies they're getting are because of the law. It goes back to the old Jimmy Kimmel bit where he asked people if they liked Obamacare and they said no and he asked people if they liked the Affordable Care Act and they yeah, said right. yes. The way he talks so fast all the time like he's Mr. Important. <laughs> he's he definitely guy. thinks he's important. By the way Nancy Pelosi cited him on his website as evidence as to why oh, of course. you should vote for the or, or want the Affordable Care Act because Jonathan Gruber said at the time he's admitted now that he was lying and it was written in a torturous way. That was the other clip. It was mm-hmm. written in a torturous way. Yeah. Uh, to to uh, to hide this. Uh, here's one other Gruber clip that we were just talking about. Insurance companies they pass on higher prices that offsets the tax break we get. It ends up being the same thing. It's a very clever, you know, basically exploitation of the of the of the lack of economic understanding of the American voter. He calls it ignorance in another clip that. that yeah. Uh, we also have he's he's done this over and over and over yeah. and over and then he says and then he said on uh, was it MSNBC or I don't know some place where he's making excuses for himself. Oh, uh, yeah, that was just an off the cuff remark. I shouldn't have said it. He said it over and over <laughs> and over and over and over off the cuff. And he, he was the same guy who uh, talked to had the last Obama Obamacare issue. And it was the same story. Yeah. He had said it once. He got caught. Oh, man, that was a uh, uh, Speco, remember? No, oh, yeah. It was a Speco. We got to pull those clips into that montage too. Oh, it was not. A, it was not a typo. It was a Speco. I didn't. I didn't mean to say that the states would only get the subsidies yeah. as the law was designed. Yeah. It was a Speco, and everyone's like, "Oh, it was a Speco. Oh, okay, oh. we'll give him a break." Then they found him saying it again. Mm-hmm. So it's just lie. We're going to lie, and then we're just going to lie about the lie. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's it's amazing you, that they they lied on every yeah. aspect of this bill. You've brought this up a hundred times, Jeffy, which is essentially they what they say the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. is true. It's darn near a hundred percent of the time. And as it long is. as they just stick to it until they get caught, and then mm. just say give some you know flippant sort of like ah sorry about it ah darn it. It's, they seem to get away with it. <laughs> they don't even say darn it no, most no, of the time. They don't. They don't even say darn it. They don't. I don't know how they do it. It's it's really amazing. <laughs> I, I, think about every aspect of this bill. What what are the things that they sold this on? They sold it on, on uh, you know, giving access to everybody. That's yeah. thirty seven million. They haven't. I mean, yep. come on. They're they, not one tenth of that way. And there. they just lowered their expectations. Yes. Uh, lowered their sign up expectations. So it was, it was supposed to ensure every living human who needed it. Right. Right. They're no. I mean, they're they're not even a tenth of the way. They're there. Not even Families who already have insurance are going to save twenty five hundred dollars a year. Twenty five hundred dollars a year lie. I mean, that went out the window. We pay much more than we did before Obamacare, and premiums are going up again. Premiums are going up again. How how about the the uh, overall price of this thing, which has skyrocketed since? Mm-hmm. 
How about if you if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor? How about if you like your insurance plan, you can keep your insurance plan? Didn't they originally say something about the deficit to it? Wasn't Eight, it, it well, I guess that would be the cost of yeah, the thing. I mean, it wasn't yes. going to cost, but it was going to lower the deficit. Yeah, that was going to lower the deficit. That was it is separate from the cost. You're right. And Eight million people have been kicked off their insurance already, and there's probably more to come on that horizon yeah. as well. They keep saying that seven seven to nine million people got insurance that didn't have insurance. We know Bull for crap. a fact that's not that's true. We crap. know at least. I mean, you know, every estimate says about half of them already had insurance and yes. were booted off their old insurance and now have to get it. They said it wasn't a tax. Then they said it was a tax. Mm -hmm. Now they're saying it's not a tax again. They said that they thought it was a tax, but then, no, it was a fee. And then, and then they argued against themselves mm -hmm. at the Supreme Court. And it worked. Again, it worked. And it's all worked. It's it all worked. So there is an ignorance and a stupidity charge to be made against the American people, at least the ones who voted for this bill, the ones who voted for Obama, because they pushed this over on him. Yeah. And they probably vote, many of them, probably vote for it again. Probably vote for it, even knowing what they know now. And they, a lot of them don't even know it now. Yeah. And, and I, you know, as I said er, er, earlier, like, we can get mad at Jonathan Gruber. That's fine. But don't and take your anger out on Jonathan Gruber as the top priority. Right. Don't get mad at Jonathan Gruber for saying the American people are stupid when, uh, you know, basically get mad at the American people because they proved Jonathan Gruber correct. And, and we get to that point where it's, it's frustrating to think about that. And we had some people pushing back and saying, well, I didn't vote for it. Well, not everybody voted for it. But the bottom line is this country elected Barack Obama in 2012 after he passed this disaster, after we had lie after lie after lie on tape. And they elected him in 2008 when he was proposing a, a policy that was, I would say, slightly more liberal than the one they passed. Right. So uh, you have no you have no reason uh, to be angry at anybody but ourselves. Stu, the whole thing gives me a rash. What can I do about it? Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, welcome to the program. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. This drunk girl video is a social experiment where she goes out on the street and pretends to be drunk this to is, see what will happen. It's part of a thing that began with this feminist walking around Manhattan. Mm -hmm. I think we showed you that yesterday, right? Didn't we show that clip? I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the girl walks around Manhattan for ten hours, and and some guys. Talk to her a little bit, and she's very offended by that. And they yeah. don't say anything really bad. Nothing really bad. No, it was some stuff like "God bless you" and uh, "Hey, hey beautiful. You beautiful." I mean, it was you know, it was. It certainly seemed like people were interested in her, uh -huh. uh, but was not did not seem to be anything over the line. I mean, it, it, right. it was again a couple of exceptions to that, but generally. Um, so th this has started a trend. There's a new one out, a social experiment about this woman who's very attractive, uh, acting drunk on Hollywood Boulevard <laughs> and seeing what men will do. And of course, men, as you would expect, are horrible, evil, grotesque pigs. monsters. Pigs. Monsters. Go ahead and watch. Hmm. Hi. How are you? What's your name? I'm, I'm Jennifer. I'm trying to find the bus to Culver so City. Bad. A bus? You don't need to take a bus. Come on. No, but I need to find the. I, no, 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 it, I think it's that way. No, no, Culver you, City. No, Can you else. help me? We're gonna go somewhere else. Where are we gonna go? To my house. Wait, but but that's not. Uh, there's a bus line at my house. The bus? There's a bus. That, really? There's a bus line like that goes right here from Wait, my but, house. Yeah, I'm not going to charge you anything, okay? You can go. Really? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's so 
See, oh, what a God. douchey oh. guy. What a horrible... I mean, I don't even want to say that. I don't want to put it on just that guy. Pat. No kidding. I want to put it on oh, every man. guy. All guys would do that. There's a war on women going on. War so. on women, and this is proving it. <laughs> Elect Hillary Clinton now. It's the only way to make or this Elizabeth better. Or Elizabeth Warren. Just so uh, it's a woman, you. it doesn't matter which. And thank you. Thankfully, a lot of media sources were on top of this, Pat. Yahoo.com. In some cases, she goes up to a guy and asks for help, but most of them seem to be able to sense her helplessness from a mile away. And they, mm -hmm. uh, they, by the time they say hello to her, the whole thing is so creepy and cringeworthy that you start to consider whether or not you truly ever need to leave your house again. Oh. The worst part is how transparent these men are and their skeevy aggressiveness and how immediately they seem to be able to drop whatever they were doing for the rest of the day because they now have a helpless drunk woman standing in front of them. I Jezebel, what who left wrote wing, this? That was Yahoo.com. Oh, that's embarrassing. Wow. Embarrassing. That's well, embarrassing. Not, we, well, we, we, is it? <laughs> I mean, because think of it. How about Jezebel? Um, uh, a woman pretended to be drunk on Hollywood Boulevard to see if the strangers she encountered would help her find a bus or to be disgusting. Naturally, most of the men she, she met were the latter. Hollywood is crawling with aspiring date rapists. Uh -huh. The fact that most oh. of the men in the clip tried to oh, maneuver yeah. the woman into their car or take her to their fantastic waterbed at home is as disturbing as it is unsurprising. That's true. How about New York Magazine? Uh, the results of the video are predictably disgusting. Uh, how about uh, HLN, Headline News TV? They say uh, an actress pretends to be drunk and records men uh, trying to take advantage of her on Hollywood Boulevard. Instead of helping the woman find a bus stop, four out of five of the men tried to take her home. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, now, there's a little issue of this because we discussed this video briefly yesterday. And, I, you know, uh, none of these, these guys hadn't seen it yet. I had seen it before we went on the air. Holy and I had a little problem with it. Watch. People now trying to do the same thing. There was some yeah. woman who went around Hollywood Boulevard um, acting drunk. And she's like, oh, I'm drunk and I need to find a way home. She's, you know, a decent looking girl. And, and supposedly the theory of the video is that all the guys just basically try to bring them home and have sex with her. Um, they're always like, hey, why don't you come home with me? And so, like, she's like, can you help me find the bus? Oh, why don't you come home with me instead? It's like that type of thing. I didn't watch the whole thing because mm -hmm. her acting is so bad. It's so distracting. Really? She's just like, I'm drunk. And I can't find my way home. <laughs> it's like it's so bad. bad. It's just bad. Uh, and also, I'm sorry, you can't take a social experiment on Hollywood Boulevard. It's the most insane place on earth. So there you go. Obviously, we were skeptical, or at least I, because I was the only one who had seen it, skeptical of the video. Well, we find out today that the video was, in fact, complete, uh, in fact, completely fake, a hoax. The, the people All who set up. were picking her, this, this girl up were hired because they believed they were in a student film. 
They didn't know they were going to be portrayed as rapists. And they were told what to say, right? They were told what to say. Yep. Go up to this girl and act like you're trying to bring her home when she's drunk. <laughs> Is that, that despicable? Holy that it was presented crap. in all of these media sources as guys are evil because they will go take advantage of this poor, helpless girl who's no drunk No skepticism on the part, one of these part of news any agencies. of those reports. None. Not, you know, if this is accurate, if this portrayal is real, it's absolute. nothing. It's just absolutely fact and men are pigs. And that's embarrassing for Yahoo, for Headline News, for all the rest of these agencies that came out and and made it like men are just all rapists. The only on. one I will give a, a slight out, as, and that last distinction was from New York Magazine, who says, uh, everyone's the worst. I suppose the best we can hope for is that this video ends up being some sort of hoax. So okay. They did, oh, there you go. They, all right. They did allow, allow for the possibility. For just the Good. New York Magazine. The other one, Good. you know, they, they did not do that. I, there's one other one where they kind of said it could... It might it might be staged, but they were talking about the fact that it was staged with the girl not actually being drunk. They were not talking well, about obviously it being, yeah, that was the case. Staged. So <laughs> I, I, that is unbelievable. And again, like this is this is what the media does. They're so down the road of this is why a, a stat like one out of five women will be raped when they go to when they go take a test in college. And it seems like the most ridiculous <laughs> stat in the world, and no one questions it because they're so far down this dogma. That they can't even think critically for a second. I mean, this, even looking at it, just my first gl glimpse of a few seconds of that video, it didn't look real. You see it there. Right. They don't look like, it looks like it's been acted. You know, even the guys don't yeah, look guys. authentic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's because one of the guys is, and, and the only reason we know about this, by the way, is because the poor guys have been portrayed as rapists all over the television and Internet. And they're like, wait a minute, we just were told to go up to this woman and ask her. And they have actual posts on Facebook from the guy who made this video saying, hey, I'm looking for an act actress to, uh, to work on Hollywood Boulevard. Contact me if you're looking for work. Like, they just hired an actress to walk around, and then they, get, they fed lines to these guys and gave them cash so they could make this video. And what happens? The media buys it. Uh, it's pathetic. Bad. It's really bad. It's bad. nice to see at least it came out. Smoking Gun, by the way, did a lot of the... And it came out fast. That. Yeah. Which is great. Triple Eight. It wasn't even hidden well. That's why. It yeah. was on public Facebook postings. Triple Eight, seven, two, seven, back. There's more Pat and Scoot coming up. We got uh, some previews if you missed them last night on Glenn's show that you don't want to miss. Seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. We got a couple of clips from uh, last night's Glenn show. Uh, he's been un unveiling a lot of the stuff that's that's coming. Uh, we probably have time for a revolutionary here. Here here is Glenn talking about uh, our Spanish speaking uh, project that is coming up. Revolutionary and uh, some things on on merchandise and how you can help make some of this happen. Last spring, I had to go to Los Angeles, and as I told you on Monday night, it's extremely painful for me to fly. And so we rented a bus, and I took two days to go on this bus. And because two days is an awful lot of time to spend downtime, um, I took a team with me, and Ben was on the uh, team. 
middle of the night in the middle of nowhere, we started talking about Orson Welles because I had just purchased Orson Welles. This is his personal movie camera. He shot scenes with this movie camera. 16 millimeter. Yeah, and we, we started talking about this camera and what we should shoot with it, what should be done with Orson Welles' camera. Um, and so we, we had this idea that we were going to shoot a little short film. And we thought, you know what? He's really taken some people, and uh, look what he did with Citizen Kane, a true, based on a true story. Um, and uh, and and his his next film he wanted to make was about Jesus. Thank goodness he didn't make it. I can't imagine what Orson Welles would have done with Jesus. But we talked about maybe we should make a Jesus movie. And Ben started out in the desert. Yeah, I did. I was thinking Forty Days and Forty Nights, and just a gritty sort of uh, visionary tell that he could imagine the contemporary future, and I thought it would be a great way to use it. Okay. And I thought I wanted to put him in a boardroom. I wanted Jesus in a business suit. that You didn't know it was Jesus until the camera came around, and he was there talking about how you run a company and how you treat your customers, and you love one another, and you treat them right, and you do the right thing, and you're honest, and you're decent. And basically, he just quotes scriptures, and you don't know. that. You just think, this is, I got work for that. And because two days is an awful lot of time to spend downtime, um, I took a team with me, and Ben was on the uh, team. Middle of the night in the middle of nowhere, we started talking about Orson Welles, because I had just purchased Orson Welles. This is his personal movie camera. He shot scenes with this movie camera. 16 millimeter. Yeah, and we, we started talking about this camera and what we should shoot with it, what should be done with Orson Welles' camera. Um, and so we, we had this idea that we were going to shoot a little short film. And we thought, you know what, he's really taken some people and uh, look what he did with Citizen Kane, a true, based on a true story. Um, and uh, and, and his, his next film he wanted to make was about Jesus. Thank goodness he didn't make it. I can't imagine what Orson Welles would have done with Jesus. But we talked about, maybe we should make a Jesus movie. And Ben started out in the desert. Yeah, I did. I was thinking 40 days and 40 nights and just a gritty sort of uh, visionary tale that he could imagine the contemporary future. And I thought it would be a great way to use it. Okay. And I thought I wanted to put him in a boardroom. I wanted Jesus in a business suit that you didn't know it was Jesus until the camera came around and he was there talking about how you run a company and how you treat your customers, and you love one another, and you treat them right, and you do the right thing, and you're honest, and you're decent. And basically, he just quotes scriptures, and you don't know. that. You just think, this is, I got work for that guy. Camera comes around, and it's Jesus in the beard. We didn't go with any of those. Um, because what happened was this summer, we were on the phone, and I was on vacation, and my wife was yelling at me, telling me to get off the phone with Ben. But we were on to something, and we came up with something called The Revolutionary. We are not going to tell you what this is all about. Um, we are just going to tell you that we believe it is revolutionary. In fact, much to everyone's chagrin who has a brain in their head or a business brain in their head and they're focused on the bean counting, they think that we are absolutely nuts because we want to do it in Spanish. It'll come with subtitles. We think um, that's important for a myriad of reasons. But we want to make our first film in Latin America on a revolutionary. Do you want to say anything about it at all? I think the only thing I should say is that it's important to us 
to echo the greatest teacher that ever lived, who is Christ, and he taught in parables, and we think it's important that we do the same. And this is going to be one of those movies that if we can get it right, and I believe we can, that your friends will be sitting in a movie theater and you will just be going, they have no idea. They have no idea what they're cheering for. They have no idea. And then at the end, you can go, you know what that story's all about, right? Um, because it's time to stop preaching to the choir. It's time to get some new people into the loft. Now, we're going to take you into Studio 8H. You are the first to ever go into this studio. We're going to take you into Studio 8H here. And Ben's going to introduce you to some people. And he actually has brought them into town because we have several meetings going on uh, this week. These guys are some pretty heavy hitters in the film industry. Um, in fact, one of them is, I don't want to say because it was a team effort, but he was, it was critical Really responsible for the faith-based rollout of a very infamous film. The Passion of the Christ. And I said to Ben a couple of weeks ago, Ben, <laughs> doing this as a movie is insane. It has, it's an insane story. It's an insane idea. It's an insane thing to put it into Spanish language and shoot it down in Central America. This is nuts. Can you get some people that will tell me that this is not so nuts? And he did. And in fact, the guy you're going to meet, he'll tell you a story. That's exactly what Mel Gibson said to him when he was making Passion of the Christ. Can you get me some information that says this isn't insane? And he did. We asked him to do the same thing for us. I don't know. if <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what you think about this. Um, I don't know if you think this is crazy or a pipe dream or whatever. I just know that we're going to speak it into existence and it's going to happen. And there's two ways for it to happen, slowly or rapidly. I don't know which way he has planned. But when we have done all that we can do, we can do no more and it's up to him. Um, I've been reading a lot about the Grateful Dead uh, lately because I think they were genius business people. But business people look at them and say, what should we do? How could we calculate? Because they were such good business people. I look at them and say, they actually believed in something. I don't necessarily agree with everything. I don't like their music. But they were really, they believed it. And they walked the walk. And here's the key thing. They treated their audience with respect. They made partners of their audience. Their audience and I learned this from Man in the Moon. You don't come to see me at Man in the Moon. You don't come to see me in these things. When you went to 828, it wasn't because of me. It was everybody around you that made the difference. It's a culture. That's what we have. It's a culture. And so I respect the culture. And we can do amazing things. And what the, what the Grateful Dead did was they partnered and they sold all kinds of stuff. Sometimes they gave away their music. I wish I could give my stuff away. I, I'm working towards that. Um, but um, they sold T-shirts and everything else, and that's how they funded this. And we'd like to try that. We'd like to ask you if you believe in these things, um, if you believe in, in trying to change the culture, we're going to sell these products, and we've got T-shirts um, that, you know, one's for Tesla Edison or the Dream Labs or the Revolutionary whatever, that's 30 bucks. If you want to be involved, then go to the website, AmericanDreamLabs.com and get that. We have these, this is, this is what's hanging in my office. 
except my office, it's, I think, 10 feet tall, and it's the actual all made out of nails. This is an aluminum piece that is, it looks like it's a smaller piece, but it's going to be signed by me and by Ben, who Ben did all of the work on it along with the, with the team. Everybody in their off hours over weekends and, and at night. There's also this. This is the key to the kingdom, as we call it. This is the history house key. There are very few of these, but they're very, very expensive. But this is an all-day pass with us. You're going to come in to Studio 8H. You're going to come in to Stage 19 and Stage 33. You'll have dinner with us. Ben is planning on a show, and, and I will tell you that when Ben puts his mind to doing something cool and creative, there will be nothing like it. But you're going to be really one of the executive producers of our first project, The History House. And you'll come in and you'll watch the first episode. You will be there for the premiere with us. If you can't do any of those things, if you would just help us spread the word that people who are buying Christmas presents, if they would buy one of the T-shirts or something else, the painting of Christ that Ben did of the Last Supper, um, that is that's a steal at the price. That's not what they would sell for in museum shops. Um, but he's dedicating all of the proceeds of that sale of that painting um, to this. And there's only, I think, 3,500 copies of that that are available. And they're two or $300. Find out all the details. If you can't do any of those, help us get the word out and pray for us, if you will. We think we can change the world. We believe, with your help and his help, we will make the world a much better place. Triple eight seven two seven Beck Pat Stu. We uh, a few minutes from now we're going to talk to the guy who actually found the John Gruber recordings and has released these all to uh, the press to make us aware of all the lies and the architect of Obamacare uh, and how they so slimily got this thing passed through uh, all of us. Yeah, uh, these it's videos amazing. really make it. I mean, and this is a great story of. Well, it's a great story of media failure, but it's also a great story of how you can make your make a difference as a as an individual. Here's a guy who who poured through hours and hours of videos about somebody and has uncovered multiple uh, uh, huge pieces of evidence um, proving what actually happened here. Uh, just a guy doing it on his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk to him coming up in a few minutes. Um, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, 52 of the most common misconceptions in the world. Business Insider has a list of them. Um, let's see him. Uh, this is a this is a I guess, I guess a graphic here. Um, there it is. Uh, Napoleon was not short; he was actually five seven. Uh, the vomitorium, not a room uh, humans uh, used for binges, but the name for the entrance to a stadium. Okay. Uh, let's see. Black uh, holes, not really holes, but hugely dense objects with massive gravitational pull. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Great Wall of China. Not a lot of times you hear, oh, it's the only man-made object that's visible from space." No, it's uh, it's not visible from space. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. How you do you know that? You shouldn't wake a sleepwalker. Uh, it's fine. They'll be really confused, but it's okay. 
they're more likely to be themselves if they're not awoken. Uh, another page of them. Uh, body heat and the head. Only in infants is most heat lost through the head. Or if the head is the only uncovered part of the body. Nah, that surprises me. I didn't know that. Hmm. Uh, we only have five senses. Actually, we have 20, including balance, pain, movement, hunger, and thirst. I love this one. Don't eat and swim. <laughs> I hated the, that. That is the dumbest, dumbest thing ever. Everybody's gone through it. You've mm. been to the lake with your parents when you're a kid. Dog, you can't swim for 20, for 45 oh minutes. Yeah. You know, swimming for 45 minutes. Well, why? I argue I, with my aunt I weigh another ever. ounce and a half, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drown. You're going to get cramps. You can't. You've got to sit on the beach. does not give you cramps. There is no problem there. Uh, sugar, we talked about this the other day. Sugar equals hyperactivity. I still don't believe that's that, not that, true. I don't either. I do not believe that's not but true. But look at this. Is, this actually gives us an answer to the thing we were trying to figure out the other day. Studies have disproved this. ADHD and poor behavior still occurs with sugars. With, uh, that does, with, yes. So ADHD is a different yeah. diagnosis than yeah. kids being a little bit excited because they had some right. sugar. Left and, oh, wait, go back one second. Uh, the left and right brain thing is kind of interesting. Uh, can we go back to the other page? Um, left and right brain. No solid division between talents of each hemispheric brain. Uh, left brain can learn right brain functions and vice versa. Yeah. So there's not much difference there. I, that's kind of surprising to me as well. More coming up. Time we're gonna get you out of there, Jeff. Did you? Ah, darn, Did you? Darn, 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 dang it, dang. You darn. always die at the end of that. Triple eight seven two seven back. It is Pat and Stuart. Well, it's good that it's just a video, huh? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> that's the way I'd put it. <laughs> Definitely the language I'd use. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Uh, let, let's take you through a pretty interesting story. Uh, you've been watching these videos. Can we show the one that begins with the Yahoo News clips? Do we have that one ready, Andrew? No, yet. No. Okay. We'll, we'll get that one ready first because this is. Um, Something we've been complaining about for a while, that people don't tell the truth in the media mm -hmm. and um, they don't show a proper amount of skepticism over a claim made by our fabulous, wonderful government. Uh, it seems to happen over and over and mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over and over again. One Despite the, the fact that we have suspected this whole time that they may not be telling the entire truth. Yeah. In fact, they're not telling any of the truth. And uh, but people accepted many people accepted it's it face. Well, they said it wasn't going to be a tax. Well, they said you can if you like your doctor, you could keep your doctor. Well, they said it was going to cost less than a trillion. Yeah. All of that stuff was a lie. Yeah. It was all a lie. And we told you at the time it was a lie. And even when evidence comes out to the other side of uh, of, uh, you know, uh, the other side of what they're claiming is still doesn't even get referenced. This is a clip we showed you yesterday. It starts with a clip uh, from Yahoo News discussing the Supreme Court challenges going on with Obamacare. And then afterwards, evidence uh, of the uh, of the one of the architects of Obamacare talking about this exact thing. And what what really pissed me off yesterday was the fact that the Yahoo News clips 
didn't even mention that this video existed, that there was some evidence mm. to the contrary. They just say, oh, well, the, the people who wrote the law just say they didn't, they didn't mean for this to happen. Watch these clips. It's infuriating. The law says that the, the subsidies that help people buy insurance are only available in states where, where the exchange has been established by the state. And that's the key word. That's the right. State, the key right? word is state. Now, 34 states have not established their own exchange. They're using the federal exchange. Uh, as far as we can tell, that's what the uh, legislators who wrote the law, that's what they intended. That, that's why they put the federal exchange in there in case states tell. didn't do it. However, the law says the exchange intended. has to be run by the state. The people who wrote mm -hmm. this bill... Now, but wrote this law, used the term exchanges set up by the states, even right. if they meant it would be either be an state, a state or a federal <laughs> exchange. But because these states haven't recognized it or right. don't, haven't created their own, uh -huh. the people there are now relying on federal subsidies. Yeah. The Supreme Court might rule yeah. that it's all invalid. Yes. And mm. in fact, the committee chair people who uh, wrote the law said uh, we, we absolutely intended for there to be federal exchanges as a backup to the states. What's important to remember politically about this discussion. is if you're a state and you don't set up an exchange, that means your citizens don't get their tax credits. But your citizens still pay the taxes that support this bill. So you're essentially saying to your citizens you're going to pay all the taxes to help all the other states in the country. I hope that that's a blatant enough political reality that states will get their act together and realize there are billions of dollars at stake here in setting up these exchanges and that they'll do it. But, you know, once again, the politics can get ugly around this. It's, it's blatantly obvious what they intended to do. They wanted to use this as a punishment to the states for not setting up their exchanges. Mm -hmm. um, and so the question then is, first of all, how does that not get mentioned in that first report? I mean, how do you not acknowledge that one of the architects of this bill specifically on multiple occasions has articulated exactly the argument being brought against Obamacare? Mm -hmm. Secondly, though, your question might be, where the hell did this video come from? You saw the date. It was in 2012. Why are we learning about this now? Let me introduce you to the guy uh, who is the reason why you're learning about this. Uh, his name is uh, Rich Weinstein. Rich, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Rich, uh, tell your story a little bit. You're not, uh, you're not working for uh, NBC, CBS, or ABC, are you? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm just like everybody else. I, uh, I work, uh, I'm just a regular idiot, you know, <laughs> not really, but I'm just a regular guy. And what happened was going back to last year, twenty, the end of 2013, almost exactly at this time, we got – well, I'll take you a step back. Um, and I've said this before. You know, generally when President Obama speaks, he speaks with qualifiers. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows he said if you like your plan, you keep your plan, period. Always. There's no qualifiers in that. Mm -hmm. And that led me to believe that, you know, I didn't really have to worry about the Affordable Care Act because I like my plan. Then I got the notice around this time last year that my plan was not ACA compliant and I was, I was going to be terminated. I wound up paying double. Hmm. My, my premiums doubled. And as a matter of fact, yesterday wow. I got my new premium notice for next year, and I'm up another 26.7% on top. You know, oh. I know. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. So, but so you're through, on the Obamacare exchange, Rich? No. Uh, no. No, Okay. Uh, all right, but no. you lost your old plan. You had to find a new one, and that new one has cost you all this extra money. Right. Okay. So, so I'm now ACA compliant. Congratulations, but, by the way. What you. an accomplishment yes. as a citizen, yeah. Rich. I mean, that yeah. is something you should be really proud. Write, he write this down say. in your diary so your kids know about this time when you got to be ACA compliant. What he didn't say, Rich, that you, well, he did say it. You just didn't catch it. Was it if he didn't like your plan, you couldn't keep it? <laughs> and so... That's what well, you missed in all this. Well, well, as Jonathan Gruber uh, actually said um, on video, 
the president should have been vaguer when he said that. Yeah, he actually <laughs> said that too. Jeez, yes. I didn't even see that. He didn't, didn't say you should have been clear. He should. He, uh, he said you should have been vaguer. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you're at, you're at home. You get this letter. You you get upset that you've lost your plan. What do you set, decide to do? Well, it certainly caught my attention. So you know, I'm watching the news like everybody else, and I start seeing these. Well, you know, the the, the administration is not really telling you the truth, and. And the, the talking heads are, I mean, even to this day, they just argue back and forth as cheerleaders, either they're, either they're for it or against it. Mm-hmm. And these people called architects started showing up. So there was a guy by the name of, uh, you know, Ziggy Manuel, David Cutler, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Cutler. They're all doctors, I believe. Uh, Dr. Gruber. So I thought, you know, I, I wonder if these guys left like, a, like an audit trail or, or a trail of breadcrumbs because... They're not necessarily administration people, and they're not necessarily media people, so they might be out there talking. And I started looking at these guys. So first I looked at Dr. Cutler, and he was actually pretty interesting. And he, uh, he talked all about cost. I don't want to bore people. He talked about cost control, and I watched him for a while. Did, he, did, then, did Cutler say anything uh, of note that you found, or was he just pretty much laying it out the way that he had publicly? He, yeah, he, he was a pretty straight shooter. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, he was, he, I learned a lot from him, actually. Mm-hmm. And then there was a second guy by the name of Dr. Jonathan Gruber. Hmm. The first video I saw of Dr. Gruber, the thing that I thought was just interesting was he kind of had a political bent to him. And that's kind of what caught my attention. Plus, there was tons of video of him out there. So I just started watching and watching and watching, and, and I started learning and seeing stuff. At some point, and I can't tell you when. And he was on a book tour, so he kind of gave the same talk over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason why I have so much videos, because he was on this book tour, and he was over and over. And he <laughs> says something, well, he, he just played that quote. If your state doesn't build its exchange, then the people won't get subsidies in that state. And when I heard that, I went, wait, what did he just say? Because a lot of, you know, sometimes I'd be playing these videos mm-hmm. while I'm working, just in the background. And, and I'd stop, and I'd, what did he say? And I, I made a note of it. And I just kind of went on my merry way. This is like November or December of last year. In January of last year, right around January 15th, I, I think, I'm on my iPad, and I see this article, Taxation Without Representation. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. We're 250 years into this, and we have a Taxation Without Representation case? Mm. So I, I clicked over, and I read it. And I thought, holy smokes, I think about a month ago or so, I saw something exactly like this from Dr. Gruber. (laughs) So I ran back to my desk, and I found it. And I emailed that video clip to the Attorney General of Indiana because they were involved in in this taxation or that representation case. Mm -hmm. And nothing happened. So I went on a – I I started trying to reach out to the media and and give this information to the media. Mm Mm-hmm. And nobody would take it from me. Nobody. I couldn't get it to anybody. This went on for a couple months, I think. And then uh, my kids play uh, spring sport lacrosse, so I wound up kind of putting all this aside and um, and uh, watching my kids play lacrosse. And then there was a ruling in January, not January, July, I'm sorry, about these, these two of these four cases, these taxation without representation cases. What's interesting, though, is I really tried hard to get that video to people before, before that ruling because I thought it was, it was interesting. Yeah. I tried Fox. I tried Nash. I tried anybody I could. I tried Glenn Beck. 
<laughs> yeah, we heard in what way? Did you you sent it to us and and we didn't because I I didn't see it. Uh, Stu didn't see it. I, I don't recall seeing it. Jeffy can't read, so he wouldn't know how to see it. Um, so who did you send it to here? I literally, I literally called into your show. You did, and and I, you have a call screener. Mm -hmm. and yes, I'm probably going to get somebody fired. I apologize. You are. Oh, you, you are. are. And this is yeah. you told Keith, and Keith this. didn't tell us. He's if done. I, it was Keith. I think. Hopefully, Keith's last name is Beck. So, um, <laughs> so, so Keith said, "Okay, here, send it to this, send it in, and I'll get it to our researchers." Mm -hmm. Okay. And nothing happened. Huh? Huh? Isn't that fascinating. This is interesting. Isn't Keith that fascinating? Malinac. We could have broken this story back in July. Keith mm -hmm. did pull an Obama, though. He left himself an out. It's researchers. Yeah. Yeah. Researchers. Who were all named back. Right. But so and, and I'm not sure if I got my dates exactly right, but sure. but I, I definitely know that you guys had it. And then the um hmm. and then the ruling came out on two of the four cases, two of them in uh, one's called How Big and one's called King. Yep. And they were ruled on almost in the same day or maybe on the same day. And so there that was kind of a big kerfluffle and I saw that on um you know, on a website somewhere and I, I clicked over to I wound up clicking over to the Washington Post website. And I just made a comment. You know, people are commenting. They're talking about it. And I made a comment. Look, I have video of this guy, one of the architects, Dr. Jonathan Gruber, saying, basically making the case for the plaintiffs in this case. Mm -hmm. And then I went to bed. It was a Thursday night. <laughs> I woke. Somebody saw it. It got passed around a little bit on that website, on that Washington Post thing. The, it wound up that the people who were sponsoring the lawsuit there's two lawsuits, saw it, posted it, it got picked up by uh, Forbes, and it, it went crazy. I woke up the next day on Friday, and, you know, I get my iPad. It's kind of like my local newspaper now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, uh, I do a quick search on Jonathan Gruber, and my name was next to his name in mm. the Google search. Jeez, that's got to be and, wild. And I went, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> So I start reading. I start reading through, and and uh, it, it got. It, it was kind of. It was kind of. It was kind of crazy. Because I, I, I don't know if this is. Uh, if this. These were all you. But one of the interesting things I I found about these Gruber videos in particular, with with the one you're just speaking of, there, one video came out, and then he kind of came out with this excuse of, well, it was like a, it was like a typo. It was a speco. Right, and then immediately after that, there was another video of him making the exact same case. Was now, are you responsible for that one too? No, no, I was not. That that was um, uh, John Sexton from Breitbart. Wow. Somebody, okay. somebody must have saw what was going on. It's a great find. and maybe had the same reaction I did. Was I, yeah. I remember seeing that somewhere? But Breitbart so does a lot of that somebody stuff too. From, so. uh, there was he, he said the same thing. Actually, <laughs> the second video that came out actually took place a week before. They both happened in January of 20, uh, 2012, I think, right? Yes, 2012. Thank yeah. you. And they both happened in January 2012. The, the second one that Sexton put out there happened the week before the one that I put out there, well, if that makes sense. Rich, do you have, I mean, are, is there more to come? Do you have more bombshells on this guy? Is there, is there more evidence of him saying, uh, you know, talking about even more deception on this or just backing up what he's already said? Or have we seen pretty much everything you've got? You have not seen everything I've got. Really? <laughs> I mean, look, That's the Pat and Stu program would be proud. Uh, well, well, I, I just want to tell you, I don't, the only, <laughs> and, and I, I guess I'll just, I can say it, but, because, 
The, I don't have anything that I would really call shock video. Like, I don't have anything like, like calling people stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that, that was just, you know, that, actually, I only found that one about a week ago. Oh, really? So this, wow. is not, this was not in the archives and you just happened to... That's amazing. That the, yeah. There's still video out there that people haven't checked. It's that crazy. is incredible. Yeah, um, they, what ha- I actually found, because pe- people are saying, well, why didn't somebody get this out there? Why did he wait till after the midterms to get this out there? Right, right. And the, the answer was, I only found it Sunday just before the Tuesday elections. Mm. And so, remember, nobody was listening to me. Yeah. That's so amazing. I, yeah. I, had, I had nowhere... I had no way to to really get um, it out. I had no way to get it out. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's show. Let, can we show these videos real quick? This is the second round of them that came out uh, from Rich, which is this is this is uh, having to Trying do to with, with uh, John Gruber calling um, the American people stupid uh, because you know because they wrote the bill intentionally to fool them. Watch. What we say is if your insurance is above a certain level, a very high level, then we tax the extra above that. When taxes, we just treat it like wages, no longer the tax break. Thought it was pretty good, but it could not get through politically, and it died. What if we instead just levied a 40% tax on the insurance companies that sell these terrible, expensive Cadillac claims? We said, well, that's pretty much the same thing, but why does it matter? I said, you'll see. And they were both in that pass. We should point out, too, by the way, that particular one, he's talking about John Kerry essentially making that change to yeah. manipulate it. He's not talking about himself doing it. He's talking about John Kerry doing it. Uh, let's watch another one. There's, I think, three of these things, and he makes a similar case in all three. Watch. We just tax the insurance companies. They pass it on higher prices. That offsets the tax break we get. It ends up being the same thing. It's a very clever you know, basically exploitation of the, of, the, of the lack of economic understanding of the American voter. Mm-hmm. Right. The, this bill was written in a tortured way to make sure CBO did not score the mandate as taxes. If CBO scored the mandate as taxes, the bill dies. Okay? So it's written to do that. In terms, of, in terms of risk-rated subsidies, if you had a law which said healthy people are going to pay in, it made explicit the healthy people pay in and sick people get money, it would not have passed. Okay? Just like the people... Transparent lack of transparency is a huge political advantage, and basically, you know, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. But basically, that was really, really critical to getting the thing to pass. And you know, it's the second best argument. Look, I wish Mark was right; we could make it all transparent. But I'd rather have this law than not. So it's kind of like his reporter story. You know, yeah, there's things I wish it could change, but I'd rather have this law than not. He'd rather have this law than not. Yeah, he'd right. rather. Have and he'd that's rather. Okay. So, so that makes he's it going okay. to lie to the American people. So they're going to write the law in a tortured way mm-hmm. so that most people can't even figure out what the hell they're trying to talk about. And they wrote the bill so it would not specifically score as taxes when they knew they were taxes. Mm. And, then they, and then they say all along, ah, this isn't a tax. And then, and then the president is talking to uh, George Stephanopoulos, says, George, I, it's not a tax. He says, I looked up the definition of tax. It is a tax. Oh, I've got a, you've got a, it's quite a stretch, uh, George, for you to look up the definition in a dictionary. <laughs> I mean, where, who even has a dictionary now? That's, well, where'd you even find one of those? I, I, unbelievable. Then they go to the Supreme Court and argue it is a tax. Unbelievable deception here. Unbelievable lies. And they jam this down our throats. And, and now, seemingly, we're stuck with it. But at least we know we yeah. were deceived. And maybe, maybe if this thing comes up with the Republicans in the Senate and the House, maybe we can do something based on this. Yeah, and, you know, Rich Weinstein, who's found these videos, is with us. And, and, and Rich, there seems to me to be an, ele- mm. an element of this, the brilliant serial killer 
who he gets away with it for all this time, and he just can't stop himself from sending that letter to the newspaper yeah. to brag about how brilliant he is. Is that the motivation of Gruber here? He wants to show everyone else how smart they were in manipulating the American people. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what his motivation is. I, I, honestly, I don't. I, he, he actually, he seems kind of like a nice guy. I mean, as I'll say, he's. He's, you know, he's got a family and pets, and he's a Red Sox fan. And and I was talking to somebody before, and I said, I can imagine me sitting next to him at a Red Sox game and having a beer and watching a game. Yeah, yeah, I so, don't like to be deceived by nice guys like that, though. Yeah, yeah. when, it, when, well, it, when I, a nice I, I guy is is purposely deceiving me to jam a bill down my throat that I don't want, and it's, I don't want to have anything well, to I'm, do with the guy. Can I, I want to take you back to one of those videos because because there's something really important in one of those videos. It's mm-hmm. the one. It's not the two stupid ones. It's the one. It's the other one where, he, where he, you said he mentioned John Kerry. Yeah. And he mentions John Kerry a lot. That's not the only one where he mentions John Kerry. Mm-hmm. The one where he says is a clever basic exploitation and lack of economic understanding of the American voter. I have that written down because people always ask. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what he also says in there is that the you know the price you're going we're going to tax the insurance companies. They're mm-hmm. going to pass it down to the consumer, mm-hmm. and the ta- the ta- it's kind of going to kind of be hidden in there. But what he also says is the consumer is going to blame the evil insurance companies, right? Mm-hmm. And he those are almost everything I've learned about this law is is from Dr. Gruber. I, I've learned nothing from the right. You know, it's so anything I say is really almost quoting him because I've seen it on video. So, so the the whole evil insurance company thing I, was, I thought was really kind of. You know, people should see that. Yeah, yeah they yeah, should. That's great, yeah. Uh, they should. And thank you for bringing this to light, Rich. Well, I'm gr- frankly grateful for it. Uh, that's that's great work, and we look forward to seeing what else you have. Yeah, please keep in touch. Um, I mean, any, obviously, we'd you know we'd love to. You know, of course, our, our excuse would be we do get a lot of this stuff sent in, and, and you know, it's it's tough to go through all of it. But I mean, this is obviously great stuff, and you know, yep. I love hearing this stuff because when they describe it, it's so much more powerful than someone you know like us describing it. When you they say it in their own words, mm-hmm. describing the exact type of thing we've been complaining about. I mean, man, it's it's powerful. And thank you for doing this, Rich. I mean, this is uh, you know we kind of have a story here of a hero and a villain. Rich being the hero, and of course our phone screener Keith Malinek being the villain. <laughs> uh, and we maybe we should talk with Keith next. Maybe that's yeah, the maybe, next break we need maybe. to do uh, yeah. because obviously he failed America here. Thanks. No, I'm pretty sure you got to do your. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you got to do your research, people. You might want. I'm just kidding. I yeah. don't know. What, <laughs> yeah, he's going to say he forwarded this, Rich, but we don't believe him at all. all right. But okay. thanks a lot. We'll thanks, talk man. to you again. You're uh, welcome. Have a good day. You Thanks, know, Mike. he's right about the insurance company thing, too, because mm-hmm. I saw that. I saw that section. And he does talk about evil insurance companies. And what he also says is, if I could, I would write them out of existence. So this guy is one of those Marxist types who just hates big business, mm-hmm. who hates people who are making a lot of money, who, you know, you know, he's an income equality guy. Uh, you know that he doesn't like capitalism. I mean, this is not a capitalist system that he has foisted on the American people. He's a nice guy, though. It's an, he's an, no, he's not. No, I can't go there with you. He's a nice I guy, mean, though. You want to sit down? You want does to talk? he talk oh. in, a, in a real sweet voice? Yeah, he does. He kind of talks like yeah. he's really sweet. Yeah. But I don't Whoa. buy it. You're well, not a nice guy when you're lying through your teeth to the American people. Well, and, you know, That's I not think nice. There's yeah. an element of, uh, you know, I think I kind of understood what he was saying there though because like, you have that guy who's like he doesn't seem like a bad guy he's just in, in his head convinced himself this is the way the game's played 
It doesn't matter if I'm doing these things. And normally, sure, it would be right. bad to lie to people. But this is the way Washington works. You have to do this stuff to get the bill passed. Mm. And like that is such a foundational problem in our society Big that people time. think that way. Big time. justify the means. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. Yeah. Saul Alinsky. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu coming up. Keith, get in here. I got your proof right here. Come on. We're talking to Keith next, and we're going to yell at him for ruining the country. Let's do it. Talk to me. There you go. There's the tip. And hiding video. So is Keith Malinak in favor of Obamacare? I guess that's the logical question. I guess so. Uh, I guess so. I guess Keith Malinak is. is, you can thank him hmm. for your Obamacare exchange. Yeah. Are your rates going up? Guess whose fault it is? Keith, Keith Malinak. Uh, did you get to not get to keep your doctor? Well, guess whose fault that is? Keith, Keith Malinak. Uh, do, uh, can you uh, not afford to go to the doctor and like afford the treatment and crap that no. you're supposed to no. You know no. why, Keith? The insurance company. Oh, okay. okay. So let me give you a date. There's an important date. You remember uh, Back to the Future, an important date in American history. Mm -hmm. November 5th, 1955. This is an important date in American history. Wednesday, July 23rd, 2014. 944 a.m. That's when Rich Weinstein called into the Glenn Beck program and said, Hey, Keith, I got some uh, pretty damning video from mm. the architect mm -hmm. of Obamacare. His name yeah. is Dr. Jonathan Gruber. Mm. I'm going to send you an email. And I'm, I got an attachment. It's got some video on it. Mm. And, and it proves uh, a really important point about the state exchanges and the federal exchange. I'm going to send it to you, and uh, I need you to get it to Glenn. Now, it's not like he just, what he did is he sent a long, long video, and then he didn't tell you what time in the video to leave and look. So, you, yeah. Oh, wait, no, well, it's this right here. For now, this video is the most important start at the 3130 mark. <laughs> so oh, he did all the work that's for, in there, huh? he did for you. The oh, my gosh, that's in there, huh? For you. Hmm. And then it goes on to say, he, believe me, I have more. So he's promising even more stuff yeah. than oh this. Oh, my gosh. And you didn't believe him quite clearly. Uh, clearly. Quite clearly. clearly, you did not believe him because you did nothing it. with what this. What a nut job, right? So what's the story, Keith Melanac? I don't know. The story is about, uh, I don't know, what time is it right now? Ten minutes ago, I checked mm -hmm. my sent folder, mm -hmm. and I found out what the story was. Pat, you want to read my email? You've come yeah, you know what? Yes, go ahead, Keith. Are you, okay. Go ahead. You so, tell me what, what email is going to get you out of this. So I forwarded this email on... July 23rd, 2014, to one of our esteemed reporters over at The Blaze. Mm -hmm. Oh, and so says, the uh, buck doesn't stop with you. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You forwarded the buck yeah, that's right. to someone else. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, I, I don't write stories for The Blaze. Okay. So um, uh -huh. I, I gave the information to one of our trusted hmm. reporters over there. It says, this is my words, this is my email. This presentation is scary. Oh, my gosh. Did I actually watch this? He directs us to 3130, but not sure how it translates into a story, maybe with the subsidy decision breaking. Anyhow, this guy discussing how to get single payer implemented, etc. The guy who sent this to me says the man in the video is all over White House visitor logs for what it's worth. Hmm. And you well, sent that to report. whom? A reporter. Did you, over did you, at did you talk Blaise. to Glenn about it? Hmm. You didn't talk to Pat yeah, well, about first it? Of all, yeah, I would be the uh, one who would put it in the machine and we would, would play it on the radio. Okay. There are two elements yeah. to this. First of all, mm -hmm. you, you work know. for a program, uh, mm -hmm. the third largest program uh, in America. For the next five minutes, I do, yes. <laughs> for the next five minutes, at uh -huh. least. 
maybe 10th. Oh. Uh, in which uh, we could play the audio on the air, and then it could, we could, it could be a big viral story and make could the be. show more popular and sure all these could things. Be. Mm -hmm. That could have happened. Opportunity Instead, you forwarded lost, it you know? to someone else, a unnamed reporter <laughs> oh, that you oh. claim yeah. you sent it to. I'm not naming him. I'll let you, you do you, that. You are claiming... That you actually did send it to someone at the police. Yeah, I mean, but uh, who recognizes this name? I probably just made this whole account up and this whole ruse just because I knew that four months later I would be out here answering. For Can this. you get the person you forwarded this to on the phone and we could take them to task? I think he might be in town today, actually, if I'm not mistaken. He is here in Dallas. He is! He is here oh, in yes. Dallas. Well, okay, let's get him in here. I think okay. this would be an interesting conversation as to why he hates America. Hmm. Because we already know Keith hates America. We're getting to the bottom of this, America. We're going to find out who's responsible for. But I can't get Obamacare. this imaginary friend that I made up to come in here. Is the problem? So you're saying well, I set this whole thing up? Look, if you're saying he is a real person, you will bring him in here for the next break. If he's not real, we will know it's your fault. No, it's me. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. We're going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> it will happen. Oh, nice yes. work with you, Keith. And, and Heads will roll. Will you help me pack up my stuff, Jeffy, please? Yeah, just yeah, get it in the box. If, I don't, if I'm not there, I'm on my way. <laughs> oh, we found the perpetrator, perhaps. Mike. Opelka. Tracing the downfall of American society. And where have we found the end? Mike, Mike Opelka. Opelka. Hmm. Here's what happened. Okay, these uh, John Gruber videos that are coming out that were found by Rich Weinstein. We talked to him on the air. He said that he sent, he started sending us these videos back in July. Talked to uh, Keith Melanek, our phone screen. Keith Melanek passed the buck. Mm -hmm. Because the buck doesn't stop with him. He no, wants you to know that. Not me. It stops with Mike Opelka. So uh, he sent, he <laughs> sent said video to our researcher, Michael Pelka, and uh, we tracked him down because he's in town for this big radio get together today. And uh, Michael Pelka, what do you have to say for yourself on why we didn't have this uh, yeah, breaking Mike. news yeah. uh, back in July? Hmm. This is the first I'm seeing this. Oh, oh! interesting! Isn't that fascinating? It, now, is it that so... you, like many of us, have put a filter on Keith's email that go into a trash folder? <laughs> is that what it is? I or... wish I wish I I could say that, but Keith mm -hmm. and I regularly exchange Jeffy jokes. It's a hard <laughs> word to say on the air, by the way, for some reason. Regularly is, regularly is a word to avoid. That's the broker. But now there are, as you know, thousands of tips a day. I get a yeah. couple yeah. dozen, but this really surprises me because Keith is actually pretty good when he goes, "Hey, mm -hmm. there could be something here." There, so, and he did say that to you. Mm -hmm. um, he did, and he pointed out the thirty-one, the thirty-one thirty mark, where something could be good there, and yeah. you ignored him. And then down farther, he talks about how he has more. He has more. Yeah, There's has other more. videos he's yeah. pulled. In fact, if I could quote this, I have, quote, 23 pages of videos and notes on this arrogant jerk. So what have we found out so far? We found <laughs> out that, that Jim DeMint started the recession. Yep. We found out that Cory Gardner banned Band birth, birth control. control. And we found out that Michael Pelka is responsible for the Affordable Care Act.
Thank you. How, how do you Thank feel you. about that? Well, I'd your, like your us role to, in this. I'd like us to change it to Opelka Care from now on, <laughs> if we could, please. I think, I think it is Opelka If care. I'm going to take the heat, is. I All want right. the credit. Now, okay. would you say that this is a situation in which uh, you uh, did not read his email or a situation in which Keith has made a forgery of an email? Looks, it looks as if he's sent an email Ooh, to that's you. Possible. But in reality, there you go. Pass the buck back to a, to a Melanek. Yeah. Do you want to take Here's that Here's your option? chance. Can you find this email? Have you found Here's this email your in chance. your email box? I guess is the way to. I just being pulled out of a meeting and uh -huh. told by Keith, "Hey, you need to come down to TV." <laughs> and then as we're steps outside the studio, he goes, "It's about this." <laughs> you know, it's not like he stepped me over a hole. I, I want to report back on this tomorrow and find out if that's in your email. Somewhere. I will certainly right. look for it. If I did, I, I don't think Keith. Keith has it in his heart to be that nefarious. Oh, please don't give him credit oh, like that. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. I will yeah. say he doesn't have it in his brain to successfully be. <laughs> That's very accurate. Uh, We're sorry but, to pull you out of your meeting, too, by the way, which yeah. was lunch. Well, yeah, yeah right. cookies had yeah. just been served. That's a, that's oh, a tough okay. meeting. Uh, Michael Pelka, by the way, on the right. Blaze Radio Network. What time is your show on? Um, uh, Saturdays, 8 a.m., and... Uh, also, always on SoundCloud. It must be very difficult to build an audience after the show that precedes you. Well, there was nothing before me. Mm -hmm. And you did a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to be the one to bring that up, but thank you for hitting the softball. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffy, uh, Jeffy's show was before Mike's. So, uh, I dig myself right. out of a hole every week. Every I know. single week. I know. you got, like, negative listeners. <laughs> Well, they they keep asking me if Jeffy's show is uh, what I what's the correct broadcast? Wait a minute, term? Keith Mallon. Uh, uh, oh yeah, check out this only. latest funny Jeffy joke I just got from Opelka. <laughs> yeah. All right, we can do this. Thanks, Mike. Triple eight seven two seven back. In the meantime, let's uh, let's take a look at we we didn't get to this uh, last hour, so let's take a look at what Glenn did last night in previewing uh, the Santa story, which is. Uh, going to be something, uh, I think, spectacular. This is something that he's been talking about for a long time. And uh, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of people, I know you have it! I've got like 19 people telling me they have the video in my ear. I'm trying to set it up if I could! Is that okay with you in the studio? All right, okay, here it is. <laughs> Our idea. I think with your support, um, the things that we can do to, to help right this ship start right here. What we're, um, what we're in, what you're seeing behind me is stage um, 8H. And this is um, uh, a, a kind of a think tank or a brain room. You'll see storyboard meeting happening in here. You're going to meet these guys in just a second. Um, You'll see some of the different projects that we're working on around the corner. I don't even know if you can see it, but there's a music um, studio right around the corner. This um, room behind me is all mic'd. What we're standing in now is called a sound lock. It's a, it's a room between stages where you can come in and you can listen, watch, observe um, without disturbing what's going on. Everything in that room, remember this is a sound stage, is mic'd so you can hear everything all the way through the room because at times, as it has been in the last few weeks, we have been so busy. Everybody, everybody has an idea that's going a thousand miles an hour and I will tell you because it happened over the weekend. Somebody said something, said, what was that idea? What was that idea? You don't lose any ideas when it happens here because we can go back and we can find all the ideas and in here. 
We're working on a brand new show for 5 p.m. that we'll be showing you and telling you about in the coming weeks. We told you last night about the Tesla and Edison television uh, broadcast, a story of Crazy Horse we haven't told you about yet, and History House, that Pixar that we showed you last night. Tonight, I want to tell you about something else that they're working on in here. We have three movies in development now, and we're going to tell you about two of them tonight. The Revolutionary and The Immortal. I want to start with The Immortal. The Immortal is really a story that starts, comes from um, my frustration. All the stories that we're doing come from my, um, my head, um, and... And this one is really deeply personal because it started two years ago when my kids were getting ready for um, Christmas. And all they could talk about was presents, toys, and Santa and elves. And I kept trying to come up with some way to work Christ into it. How do I, you know, look, can we stop with the, you know, fat magic fairy that gives you everything you want for Christmas? Um, Let's actually talk about what it is. Now, I don't want to be the guy who complains about the giant corporations. I don't want to be the guy who's complaining about Santa. I don't want to be that dad because I remember growing up, Santa was important. That was cool. It's magic. It's magic. Santa is an important part of Christmas, but it's become nothing more than a racket. And uh, if the kids just think that Santa just shows up and just dumps a whole bunch of presents, and you don't even know why we're getting gifts anymore. Is that the lesson you want to teach your children? Because it's not mine. And so it bothered me and bothered me all through Thanksgiving and all through Christmas. And I started writing a story called The Immortal. It's coming out as a book, not this Christmas, but next Christmas. And then it will be a film. And... The premise behind it was, how can I take a guy, Santa, and completely reshape him and make him into something even more magical than what we already think? How can I tell the story of Santa and place him into the actual first Christmas story without damaging the actual Christmas story? I... I can't do any damage to that. I can't have kids go, yeah, well, that was Santa that was feeding the sheep. I, I, I can't do that. So how do, I, how do I place this figure there so he is forever pointing to that moment? It wasn't easy. But this story started to download, and I wrote it over the Christmas vacation. And we have been working on it now ever since. And we have come up with something that I think is game-changing. Clement Moore was the guy who did Twas the Night Before Christmas, and he was the first guy to really change the look of Santa. And then Coca-Cola did it, changed the look of Santa. And then Montgomery Ward did it with with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and then we've been off to the races and off to the malls ever since. How can we reshape my Santa? The immortal is a very different guy. He starts out right before the birth of Christ, and he is up in the mountains, and he is a warrior. He has lost his wife, and he's a sad individual. And he's got a son who he loves dearly, and he lives up in the mountains, and he hunts uh, to, for food. But what's interesting about him is 
He's also good with his hands, and the way he hunts is completely different. He actually goes up into the mountains, and he makes these giant puppets that he actually gets inside. And he is trying to kill these wild boars by being inside one of these puppets, if you will, of a, of a boar. And he roots around as the boars come in. That way he's close enough to kill them. And he takes his son and leaves him in his sledge up on the mountaintop and um, tells him to be careful. And, you know, he has taught him to be smart and wise. But as Agios, the main character, comes down and he is hunting for these wild boar, he hears a scream up by the sledge. And the wolves have come and dragged his boy away. Let me just give you a little bit. This is from, this is from the book. Agios is, is now trying to go hunt the wolves because he has seen that his son has been dragged away. The ridge led downward and beneath the rocky overhang he spotted two wolves, huge animals snarling as they fought over something they were devouring. Agios leapt from the sledge before the animals could react, spear in one hand, knife in another. The startled wolves whirled and, and snarled. Both ran at him like gray ghosts speeding from the gathering gloom. Agios leaned back on the spear, planting the spear deep inside the lead wolf as it leapt. The blade lodged between the shoulder muscles. The wolf jerked the knife from his hand. In blind fury, Agios grabbed the savage creature, held her muzzle in one hand, the lower jaw in the other, and wrenched Bone and sinew cracked, and the wolf fell and retrieved the knife as he sank it into the animal's heart. Um, he saw the male mortally wounded on its belly, making its way towards him. He saw the fallen mate dragging the spear, spilling its own blood. He gave no thanks. Sobbing, cursing himself, he scrambled to the small, ripped body beneath the overhang. Alec, he moaned, and then he screamed, My son! but no living thing could hear. Night enclosed him. The pines creaked in sudden gusts. The mountain storm did not care. Agios screamed again, a wordless sound of agony, guilt and grief. The wind whipped his anguished cry into the darkness. That's how our story begins. That's Santa? Yes, because what does a man do when he's in that position? He has no hope, no resurrection, nothing. What does he do? He goes on an amazing journey as a hunter, as a gatherer. He eventually is hired by three wise men because he can negotiate because nobody is going to rip him off. And he knows how to get the very best gifts. And so he negotiates for the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then has to go protect that gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then, through a series of events, is left there to protect the Christ child, never interacting, just watching. He doesn't know who he is, and he goes darker and darker in his whole life as he watches this boy grow, but he's always touched by him. But he doesn't realize it until the Sermon on the Mount, as this now 75-year-old man who has spent 30 years just following this little boy, as he's listening to the Sermon on the Mount, he finally breaks. He knows who he is. And he falls to his knees and he says, Lord, let me serve him. Let me protect him. Let me point the way towards him until his mission is finished. He makes a pact. Little does he know in that pact, 
he's now become immortal because as he watches the crucifixion from afar and cannot get close to it, cannot stop it, he feels he fails again. He runs off before the, the resurrection. A thousand years pass until he meets another little boy, a little boy that happens to grow up to be what we know as St. Nicholas. I'm going to leave it there. I want to show you just a little trailer that we made now for um, our staff last year when I first told the story of the immortal to the staff as we started on this project. I'm going to give you a sneak peek now of what will first be a book next Christmas called The Immortal. Let me see if we can get Ben to run it. Ben? Can you, ro can you roll The Immortal? Daddy? Is Santa Claus real? Triple eight seven twenty seven back uh, is the phone number. Uh, we uh, I don't know. Should we get it? We don't. I don't know if we have time for any of this stuff. Yeah, maybe this. Maybe we could do this real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, Eleven movies, beloved movies that were box office flops. Right. At number one. Any guess as to what? Did you already look at the list, Jeffy? Uh, I don't know that this is a. Anybody know the list? Hmm? I think I think I don't know. This is a list per se. Like as far as like number one is the biggest one. I think it's just a. It's probably it's a combination of being most beloved. Yeah. To uh, flop. It is, yeah. Go ahead. And It's a Wonderful Life is yeah. number one. Yeah, $3.18 million budget, $3.3 million in the box office. I assume that's... I would think that's after, uh, that's that's with uh, inflation? Because yeah. I can't imagine that cost $3.1 million Back in, in 39 or whatever that was, 49? Yeah. Uh, Who was that? Blade Runner, uh, $28 million are budget. You, are you scrolling? Blade Runner. Uh, Blade Runner, classic Blade movie. movie. Only $27.5 wow. in the box office. Shawshank Redemption was not a success at the box office. Uh, it took $25 million to make and only made $16 million. Now, Brazil, I don't know, but it only made a... Oh, that was Terry Gilliam. Uh, budget of 15, it made 9.9. .9. Children of Men, I also don't know. That was a huge flop. Citizen Kane, which Glenn loves. He one sure of his does. favorites. Maybe we'll, we should spend some more time with this because it's kind of interesting. You're right, Stu. We don't have time for it. That's kind of my point. I don't have time for it. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>